welcome to the Own Your Epic podcast. My name is Jay Dostal, author of the book Own Your Epic, Leadership Lessons in Owning Your Voice and Your Story. In this podcast, I highlight the stories and voices of educators across the country who are making a difference in schools and uncover what makes them exceptional leaders in their field. By sharing the voices and stories of others, we can all learn to appreciate that each of us is the author of our own epic and our experiences are relatable to others, if we are willing to share them. Let's get started on the Own Your Epic process. Welcome to the Own Your Epic podcast. This is Jay Dostal back with an exciting episode. I know that most of uh, these podcasts involve uh, my conversations with teachers, but today I chose something a little bit more special because uh, she's a special person to me. She makes me look really, really good. Uh, Would not be able to do my job without her, but rather than me introduce her, I'm going to have her introduce herself. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? My name is Rebecca Lawson, and I am Dr. Dostal's administrative assistant here at Fayetteville High School, and I make him look good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the understatement of the year. So and I know you've heard this from me on multiple occasions, but uh, I honestly believe that schools could not operate without the administrative assistants, the kitchen workers, and the custodians. I mean, they are the, the people behind the scenes that make this these places run and you are the epitome of that and uh, I don't think that everybody understands exactly what you do so why don't you why don't you tell a little bit about like what's a day in the life of Rebecca Lawson administrative assistant to Jay Dostal <laughs> how long do we have we have a 30 minute <laughs> podcast so you're gonna have to cut back the sarcasm oh. a little bit with me oh, on this one man, you're killing me <laughs> you're killing me smalls okay so it depends on the time of year. These past couple weeks, I think that you knew basically not to talk to me because it was the end of the year, closing up shop for seniors and for um, getting them out of here and working on graduation stuff. Um, basically, I view my job as I'm not only your assistant, I am in charge of Mama Baron, the whole school and so like I feel like it's my job to take care of everybody and so that their focus is in the classroom where it needs to be for our children and the students and so if there's something that I can do to help that or take that off someone's plate then that's what I like to do. Does that include mama bearing me? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) like you'd only worked here like a month and we found out that I was older than you and you were like oh that makes so much more sense now and I'm like what why and you're like because you're constantly mothering me and I'm like oh well yeah well we had to spend a little bit of time on the front uh, front end just because I needed to get used to your southern accent and you needed to get used to my Nebraska Midwest Midwestern accent and so sometimes uh, I don't we have just... an accent <laughs> We just got lost in translation sometimes, but we won't go into the details of that one. So there's there's plenty. There's plenty. So why don't you tell us why why did you want to work in a school? I mean, where did I know you've had a lot of different roles within the school organization, but what 
What gave you the, I mean, you have background in law enforcement, your family has all that. What made the school be like, you know what, I think I want to work there? The money, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about the money. No, so I started out in human resources and I had come from working um, in the county doing uh, resources for um, the whole county employment. So whether it's police officers or grounds workers or or what have you. Um, And then someone approached me about going to work for a behavioral health um, company. And so I was their HR person at this behavioral health company. And then I was approached and asked to come work for the school because that's not a real stretch going from insane people to crazy college or crazy high school kids and (laughs) and teachers. But so, um, so I came to do that and I loved that part of my job because um, in HR, when you're, I, my focus was benefits. And so no one ever goes to see HR benefits person just, just to see them, you know, either it's the worst day of their life because they found out they have cancer or um, some other, something horrible, or it's the best day of their life because they are having a baby. And so, um, I did that for 10 years for the school district and um, I enjoyed that because I could celebrate with the people that needed to be celebrated, but I could console and um, I really took it upon myself to um, like help them understand their insurance and how it was going to be okay and I would fight their insurance claims for them, you know, and um, yeah, but I took it very hard whenever someone passed away. That was a part that I would bring home with with me, and so um, decided to try something radically different, and that was going to uh, be an admin assistant at a high school, and Lord help me, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but again, I still like that If someone comes to me, they need help, and I can still help them, and that's, I like to help people. So, a couple of things that come up of that. So, and we'll come back to this one about you helping people with their benefits every every time we have open enrollment, but I want to go back a little bit to the the genesis of you working at Fayetteville High School, because when I was transitioning to this role, you had only yes. been in this role for six months. Six months. Yes. And when uh, you found out I was coming, you also found out that you had to interview for the position. So yes. why don't you uh, talk about the man, nerves? This man made me re-interview for my position. Okay, I had been with the school uh, at this point for, uh, you know, over 11, 12 years and then I was told that I had to re-interview for my for this position that I had radically moved into, and I'm sorry, like you, that's like I what you know. Like when, in your head, were you thinking, who does this guy think he is? I, I was in? like, what a jerk! Like <laughs> I okay, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I've only been here six months, but 
Oh my gatos, this is just, I have Oh, and, to... and just so you know, you will commonly hear Rebecca uh, use the terminology, oh my gatos. So for those of you who speak Spanish, it means, oh my cats. I know it means, oh my cats, but it really sounds like I know what I'm talking about. And like for people who don't know Spanish, they're thinking I'm saying like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> like, and, but, and so, I mean, I don't know what, oh my God, I don't know how to say that in Spanish, but if you say, oh my gatos, like for the person that doesn't know, they're like, oh man, she's mad. Like, <laughs> shit, this is, this is a bad deal. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. I thought, well, wh this guy's a jerk. Like he, like emails me and says, Hey, you've got to interview for your spot. And like, I hadn't interviewed in 12 years. And so I had to like work on a resume and redo all that. And then he calls me in and t we're in this little bitty tiny office. And like, I, I was so nervous. Like my bottom lip was shaken at, I don't know if you knew that. Like, I think my whole body was shaken. Like, I don't. Well, I had to see how you operate under pressure, you know. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, I, I still remember like one of the questions like, well, how do you handle stress? Like, whew, I totally lied on that to you. I'm like, oh. And now the truth yeah. comes out. I'm okay. Like, oh, psh, man, stress. <laughs> whew, I am like, I am a cool as a cucumber. And like, I go home, I take it out on my husband, yell at him. I mean, that part was true. But like, you know, cool as a cucumber. No, you've seen you've seen <laughs> what well, so I, I I do want to touch on that a little bit because I think that's it, it's important uh, you know whether you're a teacher working in a PLC you're an admin assistant who's working with an administrator there's always that happy medium of how you balance the person out uh, I know you know this about me that I'm a big believer in making sure that if I don't possess a certain set of skills or strengths I try to find that in others. And so how would you say that you and I balance each other out? Well, like, first, how are we the yin and yang? Well, first I wanna say that like you totally, if you don't possess that skill, I, I disagree with you there. I think you then obsess until you do possess well, that Well, that's skill. part of it. So yeah. you do know me. So, okay. <laughs> so how we balance each other out, I, man, I don't know. Like we just kind of hit it off like, and me, I, I don't even, I don't even Like, know. you know, when, when I'm quiet, I get really quiet. Yeah. I know you're pissed. <laughs> oh, can I say that? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, you just did. So we're good. Okay. Um, uh, so, you know, when I'm really quiet, you know what mood I'm in. I also know about you that when you are like really hyper and talkative, that you're nervous about something. No, <laughs> that's not true. That's totally not true. I'm always hyper and talkative. No, I mean even more hyper and talkative than you normally are. You're, you're genu genuinely nervous. I also know just by the look on your face when you are frustrated or stressed, and in those moments, I need to, and you hate this, you absolutely hate this, but I ask you anyway, do you want me to? Oh my God, I hate this so much. <laughs> I like, haven't even said it. I know. What, what do I say? I know. What do I say? It, it annoys the crap out of me. What I, do I say? You say, do you want me to listen or do you want me to solve? Or I don't know. I told you to quit telling me, so I've tried to block that from my memory. But <laughs> I, that makes me so mad. I just. When more times than not, it's you just want me to listen, which I do. You do. And we, we, we get through it together. 
because the way that you and I are situated in this building, just for the listeners out there, we are isolated from the rest of the building. Like the kids and the teachers are in another part of this campus and Rebecca and I are in this far off land where we have this view of the building that I don't think people necessarily understand how like it's it's her and I most days. Yeah. I mean that that's it. And so yeah. we better like each other right. otherwise this uh, was not going to work. Yeah, especially during the summer because it's just like me and you and maybe one or two other people. And no air conditioning. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> um I think that like we balance each other out because I know when you're having a bad day or when you're really quiet and stuff. And so that's my cue to make you laugh, which I usually do something to make you laugh. And you know, when I'm stressed and having a bad day, you know, you'll either just leave me alone or you'll, <laughs> you'll try and make it better. But yeah, I hate Have I, I ever actually made it better? No. I <laughs> <laughs> you just... You make, I, it irritates me because you say, now you need to punch the shark and you need to have a fierce conversation. And, oh, I am like the world, like I just keep letting people dump on me. And I, I understand this about myself. I, I do. And he tells me, you just let them dump on you. You, oh, this is another one y'all are going to hear is you get what you accept. Oh, well, I know that, but. No, I'm, you get what you tolerate. Yeah. Well, so I just let people, you know, just, just, it just keeps building up, building up. And then I'll come in and I'll shut the door and then I'll like explode and you'll go, do you want me to listen or do you want me to solve it? <laughs> and then if I say solve it, which I, I've never said solve it, he would say, well, you need to have a fierce conversation. That's the bottom line. That's always going to be the answer to do you, do you want me to fix it or listen? That It's always going to be, well, you need to have that fierce conversation. I am the most anti-confrontational person, except for one other person that you and I know. And so that, it's just, but he has taught me, I, I am getting my voice. You've, you've stepped up uh -huh. and you've had some difficult conversations and I'm very proud of you for doing that. The real litmus test of this is going to be, are you going to be able to do that? after I leave and continue moving forward, or are you gonna revert back? I can't believe you're leaving me. I um, yeah, I shouldn't have brought that up because Rebecca and I have been, well, Rebecca has gone through tears and the range of emotions. I usually just sit back and try to console her. He, he doesn't, it, he doesn't. He gets all giddy and talks <laughs> about how how excited he is. And I'm happy for, me, for him, don't get me wrong, but you need to understand when he came here i told him i need you for 13 years because that's how and he never agreed to that but we did say until 2025 so yeah i totally fell through on that but yeah, he, he to be to be fair you did become the what is it what do you call it to our our bulldog what's what do you call it the 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 god dog mother i am i am um Winston Walter Dostel, the greatest bulldog in the history of all bulldogs. I am his um, emergency contact, which I, when I was asked if I could be his emergency contact, I in turn felt that to mean that they wished me to be his godmother. So 
clearly I am Winston's dog mother and um, yeah. And I mean, she, she asked me if I would be, when they moved to Arkansas, if I would be the, um, the emergency contact for the kids too. And you're listed. As, uh, you are. I know. You are. I, I didn't step on any toes. I mean, they'd been alive for a few years. So I, I, I will, wasn't going to try to fulfill that role for them, but Winston was a newborn and I mean, hey, it's just, I'm, I'm his dog godmother. So you better not try and fill that position. No, no, that, that position has been filled by you permanently. Good. Um, okay. So let me, <laughs> you and I go in a variety of different directions. It's sometimes amazing. that So we get I have ADD really bad and he just laughs at me, but he knows that at any moment it could squirrel and like I'm sitting here, his office is full of windows and I'm just, yeah, that's... Yeah, we haven't maintained eye contact once I'm throughout trying. this entire... I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. So let me try to shift that back to okay. the, the purpose of this podcast. Oh. So let me, let me ask you another question. Okay. Uh, so the whole purpose behind this podcast, uh, very, two very important steps in the Own Your Up process, which mm -hmm. you have the book and you have the stickers and you made me an awesome sign that goes above my door that's going to go wherever I'm at. So you're familiar with this entire concept because you've been living it with me for the past four years. But two very important steps in that process are to curate and cultivate your story so you can amplify your voice. And so I'm going to ask you a question, even though I, I may have heard the story before because we tell each other almost everything, but you know, what's that one story that you continually go back to that you tell others about yourself that has kind of shaped you into the person that you are? What's that kind of defining moment? I don't know if I have a defining moment. Or moments. So when I was growing up, we... I live in a small, I lived in a small town here in Arkansas, it's called Eureka Springs, and like it's a tourist trap, so like people just come there all summer and like it's got the Passion Play and the Haunted Crescent Hotel and all this stuff. So um, when my parents, they, my dad was a retired state trooper, and so they opened up a restaurant. and. What was the name of the restaurant again? Burger Smokehouse. Burger Smokehouse. And then they they opened up several restaurants. At one time we had like Pappy's Meat and Taters and we had... Wait a second. I'm sorry. I've never heard that name before. Yes. What was it called? Pappy's Meat and Taters. And... Like um, potatoes? Taters? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. <laughs> Pappy. Because like the... You know, I've got six brothers. So yes. the grandkids called my dad... Papa, but Papa's meat and taters, just that doesn't sound as good. Because, okay, so it's a tourist town. And so, like, in, make it sing. in the 80s and yeah. 90s, you know, it it was a big tourist trap. And people were like, oh, we're going to Arkansas. And so, I, I don't know, he made it hillbilly. He made it as hillbilly as he could. And, I mean, people laid into it. He he had a whole whole thing of label of jellies and jams he sold and just... I bet, he, I bet he hammed up calling the hogs, too, didn't he? Yes, he did. <laughs> That's a topic for another. That is. <laughs> so, um, so when I was little, you know, I would go in with them, and I would make a bed, a pallet on top of the deep freezer and just hang out because, you know, that was before cell phones and, and all of that. And then so when I was eight, 
my dad decided that it was time for me to start working. And so at eight, at eight. And so I was busting tables. And then when I turned 12, I got to start waiting tables. And so um, it's funny because my mama, she was in the back and she was doing all the cooking. And then, um, and the brother closest to me in age, he was in the back and he was the dishwasher. And then my dad, he was out front and he was schmoozing and talking and he sat at the register and you know, all that So he's stuff. like the front of house. Yes, okay. yes. I mean, and this, like I said, this was like 80s, 90s, you know, he's sitting out there and if people were, if our dining room was full, you know, he had this table he sat at and you know, he had big old cigarette hanging out his mouth and drinking a cup of coffee. I mean, they just, you know, they didn't give a crap back then, you know, it was just, that was when there was no non-smoking and smoking. But so anyway, I learned how to be able to talk to people through that interaction with my dad, you know? So um, it, I became very, where I could talk to people. And my brother, he isn't, he, he was, and now he can cook, I, I can't cook, you know, like my mama. So I didn't learn that, that skill of it, like my brother did, like he can make those recipes, but he can't talk to people and it's kind of embarrassing, but so. <laughs> you know what, That's that explains, I bet you got to meet you, just a variety of different you people. Do. And then, and some people, you know, they would come every year and like, it was just so, like they wrote letters to my parents saying, you know, we've grown up with your, we feel like we've grown up with your daughter. We went through braces with her and like, sent them stuff for me graduating and stuff like sent cards and checks and or these one people they they went every year to um toad suck arkansas and they <laughs> Which, by the way for the listeners out there that is an actual place toad suck arkansas and so they have toad suck days and um and so every year they bring me a toad suck days shirt i mean like I, that was just really cool like i'm you know you like kind of I don't know, you just develop and you meet people and so like. So I had, like we've known each other for four years now and that is the first time I've heard that story and that explains so much about you because anybody, anybody can stop by your office and ask a question which you'll gladly help them with but it will eventually turn into some completely different conversation where you're talking about you know, their grandkids or their own kids or what they're doing this week just by the, the nature of this. So that explains so much about you. Uh, I know, you know, when whenever... So instead of calling you little Becky Lawson, which Stop I know it. annoys you. I'm gonna punch can I, you in the face. Can I, <laughs> we have this ongoing banter. She tells me she's gonna punch me in the face and I call her little Becky Lawson, but I think I'm gonna change it to Flo now or Diner. Yeah, Okay. You could. Okay. You could. Well, so... What shaped me was my dad and being able to teach me how to talk to people. But I mean, like, I don't think you could get away with that stuff now, you know, like, and I would go from working at my dad. So we'd get up at five in the morning, we'd be at the restaurant, open it up at six and I'd work there till noon. And then I would have to go downtown to this bakery and I'd work at this bakery from noon till five. 
and then I'll go from the bakery to the train station and I would um, photo, you know, when you go to like touristy places and I go, oh, you know, let me, can I get a picture of your family? And then I charge them five bucks when they come back. So like I would like take these pictures, I'd get on and I'd be like, oh, you know, put your arm around her, act like you like her. And they would just hem it. Were you guessing weights too and all that? No, <laughs> no. And then, so I would, the trains, the dinner trains and stuff would get back about midnight and I would go home and sleep for a couple hours and we'd do it all again. But see, I had to because my brothers, so I'm the baby, I have six brothers and they all got their first car bought for them. And well, by the time I came along, perfection, they were like, okay, well, we're going to do this one different. And so like, I... I didn't get my first car paid for me. It was a crock because, you know, my oldest brother, he's still mooching off of them and moving back home. And yeah, so that was, that was one thing I said when I left, I, I wasn't going to do that. And so, so you got the ability to talk to people and you develop and a, a strong ethic. sense of worth. See, I think that's where you and I have a lot of common ground is we've got a strong work ethic. Um, we both, take home work more often than we should. We're constantly yes. working on things that are related to the school just because we want to get things done. And I think that's why we're a good team on we this. We want done right. Yeah. So we've got about five minutes left. Oh, so that flew I know, by. It flew by, I know, oh my right? Gosh. So I I've got to, stories. <laughs> no, this is great. This is exactly why I wanted you on the podcast because you you bring a totally different perspective to school, and that's kind of feeding into this question, which is, you know, education is really tough right now. You yes. have a lot of people who are retiring or leaving for other jobs, and there's not a lot of people who are wanting to come back into teaching roles, admin assistant roles, bus drivers, whatever. What advice could you give to people who maybe are thinking about it and? Why, why is working in schools one of the, why, why do you continue to do it? Cause you, <laughs> For the you, money. <laughs> you have skills and you could get paid better elsewhere, but why, why do you do it? Um, I, burnout, fatigue, that's, that's all real things. But when you see a student that you've made a difference in their life or you know that you're their person that they can come and talk to on campus or, you know, just that, that may be the only smile or kind words that they hear all day, you know, and that's why, you know, I keep snacks and I keep candy in my office, you know. I know, and you're responsible for at least 10 of the 15 pounds that I've gained since I've been here. Yeah, but, <laughs> uh, you know. She I, said that with such heart. <laughs> um, it's, you if you, once you experience that change and the ability to break down a wall or connect with a student, there's nothing like it. There's nothing better than, and then when they come back and, and tell you, you know, oh, I'm doing this or I'm doing that or, you know, tell you how one thing, giving them like a package of crackers or Doritos or something that was like all they had to eat that day or and you had no idea or that you just giving them a, a hug and telling them hey I'm so happy to see you today or whatever you know 
um, I'm not in the classroom, so I don't have that. So what experience I do have with it, it's, it's treasurable. I mean, there are, there are bad situations. There's no bad kids. There's kids that don't know the difference between right or wrong, haven't been taught properly or don't care, whatever. But when you make that difference, that one time, that one, you, you'll be hooked. See, I knew having you on this podcast <laughs> would be outstanding. Wow. You well, know. we are at the end of our time. Oh, okay. And I want to thank you publicly for everything that you've done for me. And I knew that we had been planning this for so long. Let's wait to the last week of school to record this yes. as kind of the, the send off. But I will treasure not only this podcast, but just our relationship and the conversations that we had. And you know, I'm not changing my cell phone number, so you can always call me or, or text me and give me grief about uh, the Huskers and how yeah. the hogs are everything. But Go hogs. I, I'm sure I'm probably going to see you in Omaha at some point because. Not the, at some point, every year because <laughs> the Razorbacks will make it, the Omahogs. <laughs> and so every year, I, I'm every year. You've got a place to stay. Mel and I will yep. let you let you and Keith and Cooper shack up and you can bring the dogs and you get to see your, your dog, dog godson, I guess yes. is what we're going to call God it. Dog. Your god dog. Okay. So. Uh, well, thank you again. Loved having you on the podcast. And thank you to listeners for tuning in for this episode of the Own Your Epic Podcast. I know this can be your favorite one. Oh, this will absolutely be my favorite one. You know it will. I know. Uh, tune in next time for the next episode. And until then, onward and own your epic. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. To find out more about Own Your Epic, check out my website at ownyourepic.blogspot.com where you can purchase my book or subscribe to all the latest blog and podcast updates. Until next time, own your epic and share your voice and your story. It matters and can make a difference in the lives of others.